Chapter 15 of Memories of Old Montana by Con Price. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gary Clayton. The Johnson County War. This incident I write about was known as the Johnson County War in Wyoming in the years of 1893 and 1894, and I presume some of the old timers of today remember those days when those things happened. The way it first started, some of the cowboys working for the big outfits bought a few cattle of their own and branded them and turned them loose on the range. The cattle barons objected to this and passed a resolution that any cowboy owning a branding iron could not work for them, for the reason them days there were a great many mavericks on the range and the cattlemen divided them up among themselves. This caused considerable bitterness as the cowboy claimed any animal without a brand belonged to the first one that found it. There may have been some justification on both sides. At any rate, it developed into quite a feud. I heard one old cattleman remark that he knew cowboys that even their grandfathers never owned a cow, had more cattle than he did. This feeling between stockmen and cowboys got to be very serious, as each side took the law in their own hands to a great extent and there was quite a few people killed. The rustlers got so bold they took a contract with one of the construction contractors to supply them with beef. They would go out on the range and butcher any animal they found, regardless of what brand was on the animal. The stockmen appointed a stock detective. His name was Chris Groach who was very capable and absolutely fearless, and for a while held the rustlers somewhat in check. But as time went on, the sympathy of all the little ranchers and cowboys were with the cattle rustlers. I remember two boys that the cattlemen wanted put out of the way, but could not catch up with them, so they formed a posse and went out after them. They finally run those boys into an old cabin out on the range and tried to get them to surrender without any success. They finally backed a wagon load of hay up against the cabin and set it on fire. When the cabin caught fire, the rustlers made a break to get away and the posse killed both of them. There was another ex-cowboy I knew that decided to go into business for himself. He would go out on the range, shoot a steer, butcher it, bring it to town, and sell it. He went by the name of Spokane. He got along pretty well for a while, but one day the sheriff was trailing some horse thieves across the country and run on to Spokane with a steer shot down and was butchering it. The sheriff told him to throw up his hands but instead Spokane crouched down behind a steer and opened fire on the sheriff with his six-shooter and made it hard for the sheriff to get him. But the sheriff had a Winchester and could reach him at long range. He finally shot him in the arm and Spokane came up and surrendered. The sheriff told me afterwards he sure hated to shoot him as he was plenty game. 
I was in the hotel the night they brought Spokane in, and the doctor dressed his arm without any anesthetic. He lay on the couch and smoked cigarettes just as unconcerned as if everything was all right and in no pain. They sent Spokane to the pen for three years, and when he got out, he straightened up and made a very good citizen. These conditions seemed to go from bad to worse until things got so bad, the cattlemen took it on themselves to hire a bunch of Texas Rangers to come to Wyoming to protect their interests. That fact created more better feeling, and anybody taking sides with either group was sure in danger of their lives at all times. I remember a bunch of rustlers and cowboys went to an old deserted ranch and built a kind of temporary stockade. The rangers followed them there and tried to arrest them on their own authority. One of the boys in the stockade told me afterwards that siege lasted several days, and they had to go to a spring for water, and every time they did so there would be considerable shooting from both sides. Finally, conditions got so bad that it got out of control of the local authorities and the militia was called out to settle the trouble. They arrested everybody, cattlemen, cowboys, rustlers, and rangers, and took them all to Cheyenne. That broke up the feud and nobody gained anything. Most of the cowmen lived in the east and they were sick of the whole affair. Some of them sold out and never did come back to Wyoming. The cowboys and rustlers drifted to parts unknown, and things in Johnson County got on a more legitimate basis. I met several of those cowboys afterwards in Montana. Most of them were under assumed names, and some of them had very good jobs, such as stock inspectors and foremen of big outfits. They generally made pretty good men, as they had had plenty of experience. At the time those conditions existed, I was breaking colts for the P.K. Cow Outfit on Soldier Creek, close to Sheridan, Wyoming, and Buffalo Bill Cody sent notice to Sheridan that he would be there on a certain day and wanted to buy a carload of wild horses to ship to Boston for his show. Also, he wanted to hire some Wild West riders to take back to Boston. That is a long time ago, and there wasn't the bronc riders there is today. Some rode with tied stirrups, some with buck straps. There was a quite a number of riders, but only one boy qualified. His name was Scotty. I tried for that job, but Bill hurt my pride very much as he told me I might make a rider but wouldn't do at that time. The only consolation I had was to say to myself that Bill didn't know a good rider when he saw one. End of chapter 15